What's going on, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the podcast. Welcome back to Dieting from the Inside Out. If you are new here, welcome to the show. My name is Jared Hamilton. I'm your host today, but I'm your host every day, for being honest. Um, I'm so excited that you're here, and I'm excited that we're recording because I already recorded this entire intro and looked over at this monitor right here if you're watching the YouTube video and it wasn't recording. So <laughs> all my systems are go. Red light is on the camera. Um, recording is happening over here. I think we are all set. I am like the worst techie person like ever. It's ridiculous. But either way, I'm grateful you're here. I'm grateful for you to be along the ride with me. Um, like I said, if you're new here, my name is Jared Hamilton. I'm so excited that you're in the house. Now, um, if you're still new to the side that the, the podcast got changed and rebranded, because it's still weird to not say welcome to the Hamilton Trained Podcast, because the podcast is now uh, dieting from the inside out. If you are not, if you have not listened to the last episode around the rebrand, what dieting from the inside out means, why the rebrand, why the name change, and why the new direction, um, you'll definitely want to go check that out. That way you're totally aware of everything that's going on. But also, um, if you've already listened to that, I'm really excited for you to get into today's episode with me. Um, and if you uh, just to let you know for a lot of, cause a lot of people still don't know this, you can now watch these podcasts. So if you love to watch your podcasts instead of just listening to them, instead of them just being there, yeah, they're still available on like iTunes, Spotify, and all the other platforms, but every episode is now being recorded and is on YouTube. So if you go to youtube.com forward slash Jared Hamilton, you can watch all of these podcast episodes if, in case that's your cup of tea versus listening to them. But either way, I'm just grateful to have your attention. So I do apologize if you're watching the YouTube and my face is all puffy or you my, I keep sniffling because my allergies are like, fuck you. And that's just okay. That's just how the game goes sometimes. But nonetheless, let's get into today's episode. Now, before we get into the interview today, I do want to have a big thank you to the sponsor of the show because without them, my life would not be as convenient. So um, sponsor number one is FlexPro, FlexPro Meals. Um, I actually got thinking about FlexPro yesterday because uh, yesterday I just, uh, I, I didn't want to work at home all day. So I wanted to go to like a Starbucks and I did not think about grabbing a meal on the way out. And I was getting really hangry out of nowhere. Like I normally don't eat till in the afternoon noon because I'm just not hungry. But around like noon one-ish, I was getting like pissy hungry. So I decided to just swing through a Chipotle. And it reminded me how much I appreciate FlexPro because not only was my meal way higher calories than what I what I needed for my stuff, probably the protein wasn't as high either. Um, also, my meal was like $16. I forget how expensive it is to eat out all the time. Um, like for those of you that are in drive throughs like every day, like literally my Chipotle was $16. So it just reminded me of how amazing Flex Pro is about keeping not just like the food tasting great in, in my nutrition, in my macros, my calories, everything like that, but also it is so much more affordable. Like when even I don't care what you're buying through them, like it's so much more affordable than just going through the drive through four or five times a week. So if that's kind of your cup of tea where you have a life like mine, where it's unpredictable, it's all over the place, um, and you end up going through drive throughs a lot, if you know, left to your own devices, then you should really benefit from FlexPro just because it's not going to only going to save you some money, but it's also going to make it way easier to hit your goals because the meals are dialed in for your numbers and for that. It just, it's, to be honest with you, it's the most affordable way to be lazy about your food while still crushing your goals. It's at the end of the day, it's what it is. So um, definitely check them out. I'll leave a link below flexpromeals.com. Definitely just look at their menu. It's ridiculous what they make. It's all made by a chef. It's fantastic. Um, but if you're going to buy anything, I'm all about saving you even more money. So um, they're giving you guys all 20% off. So if you go buy anything, use my code Hamilton trained at checkout, and it will save you, like I said, 20%, which is a good amount of money. So 
Sponsor number two is First Form. Again, I am wearing one of First Form's shirts because they are my favorite shirts to wear. Um, and it was clean. So yeah. Anyway, um, First Form, guys, is, is a game changer because I don't care whether you take just a little bit of supplements, like just like protein powder or a multivitamin, or you have a whole stack, like you're taking pre-workout, a post-workout, an intra-workout, um, joint stuff, hormone stuff, um, that kind of preventative stuff. Like I don't, I don't care what you're taking. First form is the one place that I trust to lean into. Like, to be honest, whether they sponsored me or not, I would still buy their shit because at the end of the day, I know they're the best. I know who they are. I know what they stand for. I know how far they go into making sure their products as a whole are to our top tier and they're the best that you can get. Um, but then also when it comes to like who they are and what they stand for, you just can't get better than that. Um, I take great pride in being able to send all of our clients or anyone that asks me like, Hey, where do you get this? Or, Hey, I need this. What, where do you suggest? I take great pride in sending them the first form and knowing they're taken care of. You know what I mean? So, um, definitely a huge shout out and thank you to them. And if you're not sure like where to get started with supplements, if that's your, if, if that's kind of where you're at, I'll leave a, uh, I'll leave a video below in the description of my, what I call my supplement YouTube video, where it's basically my rundown on supplements, what's needed and what's not, what's overrated, what I personally take, um, and kind of how to approach that realm. Um, I'll leave that, like I said, below, but also if you want to buy anything, if you, you end up wanting to try any of first form stuff, definitely use the link below because I, uh, because you're here, it's a, it's basically a free shipping link. So that way you can save a little bit of money there. So, um, but otherwise let's get into the meat and potatoes, the nuts and bolts of today's episode today. I had a great conversation. Well, it was actually like several weeks ago. I had a great conversation of it's getting published today. Either way. Um, I had a great conversation with my friend, Casey Storley. Um, Casey is, is a dear friend of mine that I've gotten to know, um, over the last several months, much, much better. Um, we're in a couple of the same circles and mentorships and things like that, but I wanted to get Casey on the, on the podcast for a few reasons. Um, she has an incredible story, an incredible story of overcoming of not just in her own, like everything from abusive relationships to, um, to her own disordered eating to now she's literally a badass coach that helps tons and tons of other women and people with their struggles. Like, it's really cool to watch that happen. You know what I mean? To not just story of overcoming, but then like what I call super overcoming to now you're like the expert in this stuff, like with fat loss and, and fitness and, and strength training, things like that from literally disordered eating. It's, it's ridiculous. Casey has a crazy story and she'll be getting into it. But so we talked about a lot of that. We talked about more strategies for the inner game and how to fix things deep down. So they get truly fixed when they come out on the outside. Cause you guys know, being dieting from the inside out kind of thing. That's, that's what we're really into. So uh, we talked a lot about more inner game strategies and headspace and mindset stuff. Um, but then we also got into like how important it is for you ladies in the house to be strong as fuck. Don't, don't take that wrong. Not like, like big and bulky, not like manly or crazy masculine, or I'm telling you, just be fucking strong. Casey literally like is, could probably snatch or clean and jerk me over her head. It's stupid. She's so strong. Um, but she embodies this amazing feminine energy. And I think you guys will, will really get that when either watching or listening to the episode. And I think it's a really good spot for most ladies to aspire to be where you can be feminine, but you also can be strong as fuck. And it just is the most beautiful conglomerate you guys can, can go with. And I think it's really important. 
Um, I think it's so important for women to be strong and uh, I think it's important for everyone to be strong, but especially uh, I think a lot of ladies are afraid to, to feel really fucking strong. And I think it's really important. So I have uh, Casey talk on that a little bit as well, but I won't take any more of this intro because I'm already in it. Like fuck, I'm already in it almost eight minutes. Um, okay. So I'm going to get Casey on. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I just spit everywhere. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Definitely leave a review um, and share this with a friend and subscribe. If this is hitting home, and you really like this content. Otherwise, stick around for the whole thing and I'll talk to you soon. Dope. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So thanks again for doing this, Casey. I really appreciate it. Um, You know, for the longest time, I I thought your name was K-A-S-E-Y. I didn't know it was the letters, Casey. Well, technically it's my initials. Like, um, so people are like, what does Casey stand for? I'm like, Casey. And they're like, no question mark. And it's like, the reason why I do the letters is because it's felt so weird um, that most people just murder it. So I'm just like letters, Casey, it's so super easy. So sure. Boldly spelled out it's K A Y space capital C E E, which fun fact, I didn't even know there was a space until I was like middle school and we were doing no. a project bring my birth certificate. And I was like, did you know that there's a space? My mom's like, what? Oh, okay. Whatever. And I'm like, that's we had no idea. <laughs> like this whole time. <laughs> so, like you go to buy a car and you mess up your IDs because of the space. Yeah. Like, there's some places I can't even put my name in correctly because they won't take the space. I'm like, am I going to get fined for this later? Do you have a middle name? Lynn. So but like my, okay. um, my initials now that I'm married is KCLS. Um, so it's four instead of three. So that's so, yeah. that's so much. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Well, there you go, everybody. That's the intro to Casey. <laughs> all right. Well, that's the let's only get... interesting part of myself. We'll go. Bye. <laughs> Fair, right. Okay. Um, all right. Well, before we get into all the goods, um, just be, in case anyone doesn't know who you are, like what's like, who, who are you? What's kind of like your background and your, your story? Yeah, of course. Uh, so like, like my full story, how I got into nutrition fitness. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cause then we're going to get into the nasty stuff here in a minute. So. Okay. I love that. Um, <laughs> so my name is Casey Storley, born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, way that I got into nutrition fitness was not a straight and narrow path. It was definitely messy and went everywhere. Um, it, when I was little, I started off with, um, like disordered eating patterns from a very young age. Um, I had an older brother whom was just a epic person, uh, just like such a people person. He would always be able to talk to anybody. He also had a six pack abs and he did gymnastics. So he could do backflips. Like he was just like the cool person in school. And here I was dorky, little chubby, uh, Casey that was super shy and literally could not talk to anybody. Like straight up parents were like, should we take her to a therapist? Cause she's just like not talking to anybody whatsoever. Um, and it just like fed into this disordered eating pattern where if, I just had six pack abs like my brother. If I looked better, if I played better in terms of sports, because he was really active as well, people would pay attention to me and and I would be valued in that way. And so Mm. that like really did escalate as I got older, just because kids are jerks and and they would call me names, uh, just like a lot of people have experienced. And that really fed into um, a poor relationship with food and myself. Eventually it led to, um, an eating disorder. I was bulimic for over 10 years. Um, no episodes for about like, I think five years now. So nice. Hell yeah. Um, and so that just added fuel to the fire. And when I was at my, like my, the worst time of being bulimic, I was also very thin. And of course, 
um, people were like praising me for this. And it's so hard. Started, yes. Yes. It's, it's like in people whom uh, struggle with disordered eating um, know that it's, th- we can hide it very well. We hide it very well. So nobody really knew, not even my parents, nobody really knew what I was doing. And so it just like, nobody really knows what happens behind closed doors. So comments about people's bodies, probably not the best thing from personal experience. You kind of have to be careful with that, but that definitely didn't help at all. And so, um, this led to me getting more attention. And then I found this thing called alcohol (laughs) my senior year of high school. And, um, when I drank, I talked and people liked me. And then all of a sudden I would just drink just like, just to feel like I had value and people liked me. And this led to a very unhealthy relationship with alcohol. Right. And when you do have a restrict strict binge, like relationship with food, you have times where you're thin, but you also have times when you're extremely heavy. So, um, I gained a lot of weight And I just partied a lot. And I only hung out with people that valued me through partying and alcohol and just brought me in a really, really bad group of people who like really didn't give two craps about me. Right. They just wanted to party with me. And I also got a boyfriend during that time, um, which started off mentally abusive, but ended up physically at the very tail end of that relationship. Um, Luckily, I have family who are just as stubborn as I am. <laughs> and we're like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and they helped me get out of that. Um, another thing that helped me start the process of getting out of that hole was uh, community, right? Um, I started with CrossFit. Um, mm. Whether or not you agree with CrossFit or not, I think the one thing that we can all agree on what they do very well is community. They have changed the game with that. Like, Oh my gosh, it changed like, my life. It, yeah. I, like, I honestly think that it saved me, right? And just being surrounded by people that, truly care about who you are and want to see you do better and call you out on your shit when you aren't Yeah, like it just levels you up. Yeah. Right. And so I went from being in this huge hole of like depression, anxiety, and like just treating myself like shit and hating myself to people like really caring about me and showing me what is possible and like really transforming my life. And I was like, holy fucking shit. This is awesome. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted awesome. to learn more about it. And, um, so like that just started me becoming a CrossFit coach. And I just really started looking into nutrition because I got nutrition coaches, um, really this big transformation. Um, and people were just asking me what I was doing. And, uh, I had a coach that was like, you should run this nutrition challenge that we're doing. And I just loved it. Like I absolutely loved it. Um, at this time I was also into like, I, I transitioned to, into weightlifting as well, the sport. So if you're not familiar with weightlifting, that is the snatch in the clean and jerk. You're strong as fuck. You could like snatch, <laughs> you could snatch like me, like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I am. Yes, definitely. I, I am strong, at, but you should see some of the females within the sport who are half my size and lift twice as much as me. Like it's truly like jaw dropping how strong some of these females are, uh, men too, but like, it's just really impressive to come up. Yeah. That's like half my size. And it's just like, yeah, you can like outlift me any day. Let's go. It's so cool. It's the coolest Um, thing ever. I like, like I'll be walking through the, so not the gym I go to now because I go to a gym. We just moved to a new house and I go to just like this 
uh, this little commercial gym that doesn't have a lot of action just because it's 30 seconds from my house. But the gym I was going to was a strongman dominant gym. They had like a huge, like some, like the best strongman in the world, like will train there. Um, and I'll like walk by and see like grandmas, like snatching like hundreds. And I'm just like, cool. I will go over to my chest fly machine. Sad. Now it's fine. Like I'm just getting a pump. I'm lifting. No. Yeah. I'm just getting a pump. I'm lifting this light on purpose. Not because I'm weak. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's like, you should, you should seriously, like, I love going to, uh, there's this big meet called masters nationals happens once a year. And so all the masters athletes within weightlifting come together and lift weights. And it's like, so freaking cool to see people at ages 35 and up, like there are people that are uh, like really up there and they're still lifting the barbell above their head. They're still moving. Fantastic. It's, it's really a testament to you're as old as you treat your body or how you think you are. You can literally do whatever you want as long as you treat your body correctly and you don't treat it like a, a trash and so these people just like really do invest in their body and push themselves, their limits. Um, and it's just like, it's like, dude, like, this is cool. I love yeah. one of the reasons why I love the sport or any sport, honestly, that really does hone in in different like age groups. It's just really cool to see. Yeah. I love that. That's huge. I, I, I get all giddy like that. And, and like everyone in my community knows like jujitsu is my thing. Like I love jujitsu so much, but I'll get some papas that are like fucking nasty on the mats. Like, <laughs> Like I was like, I was rolling with, uh, I went to a, me and me and my coach just, uh, a few months ago, went to like a seminar, like at a different school, um, like a different Academy, some big time, like Gracie guy came in to teach. And so everyone like goes there. Well, you see, uh, we, I was, my, my coach got all like, like, uh, close with this guy. They just call him doc and doc. He's an actual doctor, but like, but they ever just calls him doc. He's like his rinkety little old man comes in almost like hot, like that old man hobble, do just one world's national or like world's uh at, in the purple belt division like one world's and i'm like you're like 65 and you just like whipped the ass wh- whipped everyone's asses at world's like that's so crazy like it's the same thing cool that is so cool my goal yeah. is to be that person that's like 80 and just running circles around everybody else <laughs> like, yeah what's yeah. up <laughs> like, yeah i love that so much i love that <laughs> yeah that's so cool. Well, that was one of the things that I wanted to, t- there's, there's really two things I was wanting to get and talk to you about today. And to be, for everyone listening, like we, I never sent her like a list of questions. I was like, Hey, yeah, we're probably going to talk about this kind of stuff, but otherwise we're just riffing. Cause that's, I think the best content, but I love it when it's just a conversation when it's organic. Yeah. So, oh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the big thing I was wanting to talk about is, and I haven't talked about it in a minute. I think I've always thought this, but it's, of course it's different when it's coming from the person versus like, you know, like it's, it's like whenever coach says something, it's like, Oh, you're, it's like your mom saying you're pretty. She's supposed to say that. Right. So for you coming as a really, really strong and athletic female, like I always, I always tell like everyone we work with how, how important it is to be strong. I think not just for like in general, but I think women specifically underrate how important it is to be strong. I think there's still old diet culture that's scared. They're going to get, look like a fucking a bodybuilder. Um, but then also like they don't understand how important it is not just physically to be strong, like, like being strong, never made anything worse. But I think from the mental aspect, how important it is to be, to be just a strong human. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. It is. Um, I was definitely that person that was terrified of lifting weights. Uh, I remember in college with softball, I played college softball, uh, 
and like we would do strength training and everything like that. And I would avoid it like a plague. I remember just going to the track and just running instead whenever I could, just because I thought that (laughs) if I lifted weights, I would get bulky, which by the way, guys, that is absolutely ridiculous. Like you, like you intentionally have to eat and lift for years, not just like a little bit of time, but years and years and years intentionally lift that way to get there. And even then some people just don't have that, those genetics. And so then like the, the women whom really do want to look that way, which nothing against them, but like, there's some women that do go above and beyond and mm-hmm. they may use a little something, something to help themselves. Like it's not going to happen to you. Trust right. me. Like, yeah. Not going to happen. But I think that the importance of strength training is we could go so many different directions with this. We could go like the mental aspect of it. We can go the physical aspect of it. We can go over longevity, uh, but let's, one of the- let's lean it. Let's lean into the mental because yeah. like, like, like my podcast is called dieting from the inside out. And yeah. most people who listen to, to this, like, yeah, they want fat loss and to look good and stuff. But uh, I think the mental side is so underrated. So underrated. A hundred percent. I think one of the biggest things that it does is proves to yourself that you can do anything that you put mm-hmm. your mind to it. I think so many people can find themselves in this little box, right? Like I can never look that way or I can never do a pull-up. I can never do a rope or anything like uh, climb a rope or whatever you like to do in terms of modalities. And when you put yourself in that box, you're going to stay there and just simply Mm -hmm. just because you're thinking that. But once somebody starts picking up, whether it's dumbbells or kettlebells or barbells or even just like bodyweight movements, they're doing something that really challenges them. They're doing something with purpose. They do it over a period of time. They have patience. They have diligence. Um, I like to say virtuosity, just having like integrity with what you're doing, just mm-hmm. through, like keeping a promise to yourself and, and you keep that promise and you follow through and it's like, creates this momentum Yeah. and then you do it again and then you do it again. And then all of a sudden it bleeds into other areas in life. It's like, okay, I was limiting myself in the gym. Where else am I limiting myself? I know for me, for example, I mean, I wouldn't be where I'm at today without weights in terms of running my own business. Like if you ever asked like Casey, um, like even in college, uh, that like, if she would be running a, a nutrition coaching business, if she was a weightlifter and, and all these different things, she would laugh in your face and right. throw a little finger so that, that, that box that I put myself in. And so yeah. it really does create this momentum of asking yourself, okay, cool. Like what else can I achieve? Mm-hmm. I, I I love that so much. How much of that bleeds over into everything else? I've always said like standard scale every time. Like they bleed into everything. But I think like I don't want to say being strong is a prereq a prerequisite of having your headspace on point. But like I think it's hard. I think it's really hard to be weak and feel mentally strong. Yeah. I think it's hard. I think I think in general it can be hard to be physically weak and be mentally. Like I'm not gonna obviously that's not a one size fits all thing. But like I think it's such a big piece of it. Would you agree? Yes. A hundred percent. I mean, one of the reasons why I love strength sports is because of the type of people that are in that strength sports. When you go into strength training, it just develops a certain type of person. You start understanding that there are no quick fixes. There are Mm -hmm. no magic pills. Like you just have to put your head down and do the work. the, The strength, the numbers don't lie, right? If you don't do the work, you won't see the results. Right. And, and there are times where you're going to have to push yourself. That's called adaptation. You have to create yep. some type of stress to create a response in strength in, in building strength. You mm-hmm. have to lift heavier weights and push yourself outside of your comfort zone in order to do that. So you yeah. just start developing, like you just start developing into this person that 
loves the process, loves pushing yourself outside of the comfort zone, loves following through and just creates this person with integrity in my opinion. Mm, I love that. You just really start valuing things that good people like generally have. Yeah. So how do you, let me ask you this. Like, this is why I love riffing just because little blurps come out. How do you teach that? Like, like I think it's one of the hardest things to teach is how to teach someone like the, if you would say the fundamentals behind how to teach someone to enjoy the process, because I think at every level, um, I just, I just went to a, a Russ concert. I don't know if you know, like are familiar with the artist and one of, one of his big things is like, forget all the destination. The journey is everything. Like and he's talking about his music career. Right. But like, I know in my life, there's been so many times I was so focused on the outcome. I like, this was like the big, to be honest, the totally beginning stage of business for me. Um, where like, I was so focused on making it on the other side or like back when I thought I was a bodybuilder, I was so focusing on stage day or I was so focused on like the outcome, the, the years of the journey. I like weren't, well, I wasn't present at all. I didn't enjoy anything. And it was like hell, but it's like, wow, that was three years of my life. I could have like been actually enjoying myself. So when it comes to this game of whether it be food freedom, whether it be strength training, whether it be just developing oneself, how, how do you teach someone who hates the journey to enjoy it? That's a good question. I think that's, that could, that is definitely personalized, but I think that I can give some examples uh, because I, I coached CrossFit and weightlifting for years. And so Mm -hmm. I've, I've had different types of clients starting from beginning or some experience and wanted to get better. And I think these are the tips that I typically give my clients is one focus on just little tiny wins. So we can both agree that you're going to enjoy the process when you find little tiny wins. Let's say that you have this big goal of, um, let's, like 200 pound back squat, but you're back squatting 100 pounds. That's going to take some time. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's find little tiny wins. Did you get a lower depth? Are you feeling, um, uh, more confident? Do you feel like your pants are fitting better? Like you're just, you're just pointing out little, little tiny micro wins. Yeah. The micro wins and they add up and it's so much more fun. I think the next thing I would say is get yourself a community of people Mm -hmm. that make it fun. I think when I first started out getting really getting into strength training, it kind of sucked. Like, I, was thinking, I was honest <laughs> with you. It sucked getting back into it. And right now I'm in a phase of my life where I was really focusing on weightlifting. And I, I just announced this like last week that I was diagnosed with uh, hypothyroidism. And so one of the really? ways to help with that is just reducing um intensity and volume and weightlifting was really pushing my body outside of the parameters that could do right now. So I'm taking a step back and just focusing, focusing on like functional fitness, which it sucks, but having going from an avid strength training athlete is going to be, I can't imagine how hard it is. It's so hard. I will get used to it. I know that, but it is, it's so much more fun when you have people there. Mm. who can, who can relate to you and be like, yeah, it sucks, but you need to get back up and go do it again. You're like, ah, crap. Okay. I will. And it just makes it so much fun because of the people. So, um, I think definitely honing in on that and getting into the right group of people in the right community really, really does help. Yeah. Um, I I think another thing is, is just find something that you actually like doing. Right. Absolutely. It's so, I, I think that's a huge one. That's so big. Yeah. Like if you, if you don't enjoy it, go find something that you do, because I always tell people, this is that it doesn't matter if it's optimal, 
right? If you're not able to do it because you're not necessarily at that skill level or you just absolutely freaking hate it, it's not yeah. optimal for you because you can't yeah. even do it. So yeah. stop wasting your time on that. Figure out what works best for you. So yeah. that means doing something more calisthenic. So like body weight movements, because you mm-hmm. really enjoy that, like do that because that's what's going to get you the best results because you're going to be most consistent at that. Yeah. Um, and I think finally using that momentum of a newbie lifter, <laughs> like newbies get so many PRs, Strange. like right it's when stupid. they start. Uh, it it's, like they, it's like they just started a cycle. It's crazy. Yeah. It's just frustrates the crap out of me because <laughs> I have like our newbie athletes or like newbie uh, clients coming in. They're like, I have another PR. I have another PR. I have another PR. I'm like, I have been stuck at the same spot <laughs> for years. You're just you like another 20, pounds, another 20 pounds. I'm like, gosh, dang it. That's Where funny. is that newbie game? Right. So like just hone in on that. Cause sooner or later it's going to go sure. and you're going to be w- wishing that you had it. So like yeah. that momentum, it really helps too. That's amazing. I love that. That's so funny. Well, I've always, I think that's, I think such a big thing is like, I think so many people are fighting uphill an uphill battle or a game they can't win yeah. when they're doing stuff they hate. Right. It's like, like, like we talk about like eating your favorite foods every day. And how about we stop binge eating before we start losing weight? Because like, if you're doing, or if you're on the, like, we'll see, like, let's say someone's doing like a keto diet or something really extreme, but like they love carbs. It's like, you can chant, enjoy the journey all you want, but like, if you get take away my carbs, there's nothing I can do to enjoy that journey. Right. You know, it's, uh, I've always said that too. If optimal is not practical, then it's no longer optimal because you're just simply not going to do it. So I love that. I'm going to steal that by the way. If opticals or if optimal is not practical, it's no longer optimal. So, um, well, let's switch gears a little bit. How I, I would look because uh, so many people in that listen to the podcast clients in our community really, really struggles with all this like relationship with food and disordered eating style stuff, like enough to where like, our entire first stage of coaching is called dieting from the inside out because we got to fix all this stuff before we even let them go into weight loss. Like that's such a premise, but coming from like your background, like because you've been in the trenches, you've been on that side of the fence metaphorically, like how do you take someone that's like in that world of scared of food and they've have in the middle of all that, that hell and kind of get them on the other side of that? I know that's a really broad question, but no, that it, uh, that's no, that's a good question. Um, it depends on the person. Yeah. Like, are you talking about somebody whom is like type A personality? It's over obsessive. Um, yeah, or- let's, yeah, we'll, yeah, I think we should, I think that'd be a good spot to start. Like everyone, like, let's say they're engulfed in diet culture. They are like scared to eat more than a thousand calories a day, but then like they binge and it's catastrophic. Then they restrict and then they binge again, like the whole, like the whole deep in the shit. Like, it's like, how do I even get out? They're drowning in it. Yeah. I call that the, uh, the yo-yo dieting merry-go-round. Yeah. Like round and around and around and just the same thing happens. Um, yeah. So the first thing that I, I actually like to do is like, let's say somebody is very, very obsessed with tracking, right. Whether it's like calories or macros. Um, what I do is I honestly ask them what would be something that we can start with that can help them take a step back and look at the big rocks. So like Mm. I, the macros and everything like that, while they are important, they really do, they are the optimal, like there are some foundational things that they need to address first. And so by focusing on that, it gives them permission to not focus on the obsessive, um, obsessive, like macros or counting your calories and really focus on habits that they're going to be able to instill in the rest of your life. Um, and so sometimes I'll ask them and they're like, oh, hell no, I can't not track. And I'm like, it's okay. their, it's their only grounding and you're yeah, taking it's it away. Their only grounding. Yeah. And so I asked them, I was like, okay, like, 
would you be okay with not tracking just one meal? Just one meal a week. How about that? Just a baby step. Yeah, just a baby step. And they're like, oh, fuck, okay, I'll try it. I'm like, okay, great. And so when they come back to me, I'm like, okay, come back to me um, and let me know how it goes. Like, what did you eat? What did you enjoy? What are you thinking about? Things like that. And so when they come back to me, I celebrate the crap out of it because they're like, literally, they're like, oh, well, I enjoyed this piece of cake or a cookie or something like that. I'm like, no, nah, dude, like, how was the cookie? Was it good? Should I try it? Like, what's going yeah. on? Like, that's so dope. You Give me the texture. Cake. Tell me. Yeah. yeah, like, reminding them that it's actually okay to not yeah. track your food and not yeah. um, have to obsess over things. And the other thing that I'm really big on is bridging the gap between um, how we feel and reality, right? Mm, that's so How we good. feel isn't always reality. Um how many times have you like was struck with like an emotion and you're like, ah, shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I have no idea why that happened. That's yeah. not reality. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> kind of thing. It yeah. happens all the time. Um, so sometimes, uh, bridging that gap between like how you feel at that moment, which isn't always reality and like knowledge because knowledge is always power. Mm-hmm. you can start making extremely objective decisions because a lot of times people get themselves in a position where they have emotional eating or disordered eating patterns through emotion, mm-hmm. right? Or being taught things that aren't necessarily true. So when you can shine a light on what is true and, and help them make better decisions, all of a sudden, because of that knowledge, they start making better decisions. Sure. Um, I'll use a personal example. Like I didn't just choose to have a dis- eating disorder. I didn't just choose to be bulimic. Like it wasn't like, Oh, today I feel like doing that. That sounds fun. It was literally the only thing that I knew. Right. It was literally the only thing that I knew through TV and all that stuff. I mean, we grew up in the nineties where like being freaking anorexic and like a twig was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so I did that simply because I didn't have any other way. I had no idea. And when I started leaning into knowledge, creating an objective decision over what things are happening, like, oh, the weight on scale went up. Well, I ate a lot more sodium yesterday as before I would have been like, oh my gosh, I need to starve myself and go on the treadmill for another two hours. Like it's just absolutely ridiculous. But once I understood what was happening, I was like, oh, I don't need to freak out. So I think that's another thing is like, you're in this position more than likely just because you feel hopeless. Mm-hmm. You feel um, like you don't have control over something. And so when you give somebody the ability to have a little bit of control, a little bit of knowledge that empowers them to start making better decisions. I'm, I'm a huge proponent in thinking that like tracking your food isn't necessarily what causes disordered eating patterns or eating disorders. I think that it, it, it does it, um, bring it out a little bit more with people that already have existing um, eating disorders or disordered eating patterns, if taught wrong, mm-hmm. right? I, I think it's a tool that if you're taught correctly by a, a, a really good coach, <laughs> it can hey. help you improve your relationship with food, yeah. which we do like both me and you do with yep. our clients every single day. I think yep. definitely there's a time and a place. There's some people that sure. don't necessarily need to be tracking at that moment, but it's definitely something that we can implement to help them create a better relationship with food. And that's what happened with me because I learned more about food because I learned about how it made me feel. And I tied it to wins that were happening through that. I was able to be like, Oh shit. Like I feel so fucking confident. I know what I'm doing. And I, all of a sudden we created a a more of an objective view of food. So that's a longer explanation on that. No, that's beautiful. I think it's so good. Um, 
And it's interesting because I get like, it's funny you say that how you said, how you worded that. Um, I'll get a lot of flack on social media for talking about like, uh, like, like counting calories and, and tracking, like, you know, whatever. And everyone's like, oh, that's disordered as fuck. And I'm like, then how do I fix people with disordered patterns with like, with, that's how we fix it. Like showing people that they have freedom, right? Mm-hmm. It's now, of course, like you said, not everyone should be tracking. Like if we have people who counting calories gives them a panic attack. So we are like, okay, let's not start there. Like, how, can, can, can we just track protein only? How's that sound? They're like, yeah, okay, I can do that. Because that's the other issue uh, where if you tell someone who's been obsessive their whole life, and we take up, take away the one piece of grounding they have. Now yeah. they're, they're a walking panic attack. So I, I love how you're like, well, let's take away one little thing. Or a lot of times that's when I'll, we'll, we'll implement what we call like tracking light or instead of tracking all the macros and maybe just calories and protein, or right. it may be just protein, or it may be like, okay, I want you to have five servings of plants today. And that's the only thing you're allowed to track. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, the thinking that tracking your food or just keeping like some type of metric of what you're putting in your body is uh, causes disordered eating or eating disorders. I think that's extremely dogmatic thinking. Absolutely. And I think that's actually causing more of a disservice than anything when you say Mm -hmm. that, because then it's causing people whom are creating better relationships with food through tracking to question that and then stop something that's actually working. Yeah. I think we need to refer tracking your food, like a tool, like a hammer. Mm -hmm. You can use a hammer to build a beautiful house or you can tear it the fuck down. Right. Like it's how you use it. That matters. Now, are you going to blame the hammer? No, you're going to blame the person that's using it or the person that taught that person how to use it. Yeah. Actual hammer. It doesn't make sense. It's not logical. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing. No, I totally, I love that analogy. I've always said uh, a a tool is only as good as the context in which it's being used. So like if you use a pair of scissors to cut down a tree, like you're, then it's why you're struggling, right? Like you're using the wrong tool or the, t- the, the tool incorrectly. It's the same thing. Like no one says, it's funny. No one says like budgeting gives anyone like disordered spending patterns. <laughs> yeah, You know what I mean? Or like I, 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 I made a post actually, cause like I, I love this, this subject. And I, I made a post uh, like a year or so ago. And I, I basically was like, I basically tricked the whole copy of the, of the, of the post. And I was like, man, do you, I said, man, this, this is so fucking tedious tracking everything, having to weigh every single thing out, having to use all these measuring cups, having to weigh everything, having to like use the right fucking bowl, having to like portion everything out perfectly. But man, these cookies are going to taste so good when they're done. Ah, and I'm like, that. and I'm like, ha motherfucker, because <laughs> th- that, but that's my thing. Like, how is it when it comes to baking cookies and, and budgeting money, the more tracking, the better, the more metrics, the better, and the more it's looked upon highly. But how dare you want to like lose a little bit of fat and you try to keep a calorie range within a certain amount in a really chill way? No, let's fear monger the fuck out of it. Get out of here. Yeah. I, again, I think it's extremely dogmatic thinking that True. it's just a disservice. I think something else that needs to be pointed out is people are for freedom from food looking for, for freedom from the weight on the scale as well. Well, in my personal opinion, freedom, it comes from like looking at something or using something and it does not elicit an emotional response. Like let's take the the weight on the scale, right? If you, you decide not to use the scale, which I think there's appropriate times to take away, take yourself away from the scale establish different ways of success beyond the scale, establish value through yourself beyond the scale. But sooner or later, I think very much like exposure therapy, we need to expose you again. So that way, um, I, I used to coach a therapist and he said this, and I use this all the time now is, 
Um, the boogeyman will always stay the boogeyman until you invite him into your bed. Then he becomes your friend. Mm -hmm. Right. And so exposing yourself very much like lifting weights. I was terrified of lifting weights. And then when I learn about it, all of a sudden it's my best friend. Like I love, (laughs) right. It's the same thing with the weight on the scale. You don't have to hate it. It doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to elicit an emotional response. I think like exposure therapy, a little bit, a little bit at a time is great. It's the same thing with tracking your food right? Or, or, or stepping on the scale. If you take time off the scale, that's great, but essentially you're kind of tucking it underneath the rug for a little Yeah. Band-aiding the fuck out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. And so what happens when you pull it back out and you don't do it correctly and you just step on the scale, guess what? T-riggered. Yes. And <laughs> I've, that's I've, not freedom. That's no, not no, no. Freedom at all. That's running away from your fucking problems. And yep. so I define freedom as like stepping on a scale and being like, Oh, I'm up two pounds. I'm neither sad or mad or anything like that. Or I'm down two pounds. It's okay, great. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not either sad or mad. It does not make my day, but it also doesn't break my day. That's yeah. freedom. Yeah. It doesn't come from running away from shit. I've, I've always said avoidance never made things better. Like avoidance never made anything better. Like, yeah, my wife and I are beefing. I'm never going to, I'm not going to talk to her anymore. Like, okay, that makes sense. You know, I got cancer. I need to like, I'm going to just like act like it's not there and it should disappear. Like that's totally how that works. But, um, it's, it's interesting you bring that up because, uh, I I see, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves. I'll see around the scale subject. Like uh, we have a specific like way, like, like just kind of like, I'm sure you, it's very similar to your guys's when someone wants to get what I call bulletproof around the scale and be totally free. It's like, all right, here's what we're going to do. And it's like, we're weighing every day. We're, we're handling these triggers. We're expecting them and whatever. Well, what gets me is when someone says the scale doesn't define me. So I'm because I don't like its answer. I'm going to get rid of it. And I'm like, so it does define you. I said, based on it doesn't, you don't like the answer it gives. So you're by not be, so you're avoiding it because it doesn't define you. It sounds like it is defining you. Or my favorite question is this one. Someone will say the scale doesn't define me. I'll go, so then what does? And they go, uh, and I go, how you handle negative situations and negative emotions and how you respond to things defines you, yeah. which is what you're having issues with here. And then this, we have light bulb moments, but, but like, that's the thing is it's food relationship, scale, anxiety, it, any fear we can't, we can't hide from it. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day. Yeah. So, I just did a post today. Um, it just ties with this. It's, um, be a Buffalo. I loved it. I, th- I love that one. That was so no, good. And I'll say, say it out loud. Um, so uh, when a storm is coming in, um, a cow. I had no idea about this, by the way. I didn't even know this. So I learned something. On yeah, this I, just, I just heard this quote yesterday and decided to repeat it because it was pretty fucking dope. Um, <laughs> and so um, when a storm comes, a cow will try to outrun it. Now, obviously, a cow is very slow. So it will actually prolong its pain of being in the storm because it's running away from it versus a buffalo. Buffalo knows that if it runs towards the storm head first, it's actually going to shorten that time of pain dramatically because they know like the Buffalo know that the storm is going to pass faster. Mm -hmm. Right. So like be the Buffalo run towards the problem. When you run away from it, it's going to catch up with you. Absolutely. Sitting in that shit way longer than if you just go head first and just take action and just address the situation, no Mm -hmm. matter what you're going to be in pain. I would much rather deal with the pain on a much more shorter time frame and actually yeah. come out with the outcome that I'm looking for, then outrun it simply just because I'm, I'm scared to be uncomfortable. Yeah. No, I told, I love that so much. Um, I, I, that, that kind of concept really, uh, jujitsu changed that one for me. Like, uh, 
what I would do is I, I so I had an event happen in jujitsu. It was uh, I went and I competed and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go do this tournament. Um, and the funny thing with jujitsu is there's a lot of like other what we would call sister arts. Like you got jujitsu, but then you got judo and sambo and wrestling and like they're all grappling and stuff, but they're all just a little bit different. So it's not uncommon to go to one tournament and a badass and another sister art competes as a white belt. Right. So I was competing as a white belt and I got the worst ass beating of my life. Literally <laughs> first round, first tournament, this dude, he looked like a fucking nerd. And I'm like, I'm going to eat this motherfucker alive. And I'm like, I, I didn't go in cocky. I went in insanely confident. I wasn't over. I made sure I wasn't over, but I was like feeling good. I grappled pretty good. And this was when I was a white belt and like we slapped hands and went at it. And I went to do this big takedown dude walked around it, slammed me held me in there's a if you if anyone on listening knows like positions there was a position called case katami it's uh it's a pressure it's a, it's like think of pinning someone to the ground but not just holding them there there's insane amounts of pressure where they can't breathe but it's not a choke like you don't like you're not some guys will tap from it but think of like a long body shot like this dude is sitting on my floating rib pulling me up and pushing his hip into my floating ribs pinning me on my back with my head scooped and my arm scooped and i'm just like dear god um Long as both contacts came out, it was it was it was horrendous. I finally managed to like do a reversal and get out of it, and he was waiting for it. Grabbed me by my head only, flipped me over, put me right back into Kesa Katami on the other side, and and he ended up tapping me, and I lost a very disgusting lo- lo- loss. And fun fact with this story, after it was over, I wanted to go make friends, and I'm like, bro, that was insane. He goes, thanks, I'm not very good, but I do judo, and that's just all I know. And I go, what are you in judo? He goes, state champion, and I go. Okay. And I'm just a white belt in jujitsu at the time. But because of that, that position gave me like PTSD, like not big boy PTSD, but like I'm scared. I would get put into that position and I would like start hyperventilating. I would get claustrophobic because of what that dude did. So from that moment forward, I would have the biggest guy in class start in that position. I would be like, put me in Kesa. I got to get over this. And then I got over my fear of Kesa Katami again because like I had the traumatic incident, what felt traumatic. And I'm just like, I would get instant claustrophobic, instantly, instantly claustrophobic with it. But yeah, long story short, I'm all about running into that shit. So I I can even give like a personal example of like what I'm doing right now when it comes to fitness. So, um, while I've had experience in terms of being overweight and a lot of, uh, disordering patterns, trying to get smaller. Um, I also have experience with disordered eating patterns, when I was a weightlifter, cause that's a weight class sport. Right? right. And so I thought that if I was in a smaller weight class sport, I could be more competitive. Well, I drove myself back into disordered eating patterns, kind of regressed from what I worked out of, um, and just really created PTSD to the point where any time that I got hungry or any time that my biofeedback was a little bit out, I freaked the fuck out. I was like, Oh, mm. nope, I, I ain't doing that to myself again. And so it's been about three years since I've even touch like an actual strategic dieting phase. I've tried a couple of times thinking I was ready, but had to pull out because mentally it just wasn't there. And so right now, like, eat, like with that in mind, every single time I pulled out, it's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to create that self-advocacy. I, I know I can do this. And so right. right now we're right in the middle of it and just, it took me three years mentally to get <laughs> ready for this. Um, but like, it feels fucking awesome. Like it sucks. I don't like dieting. I don't think anybody really does. No. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know that I'm going to like, it's, it's also kind of fun in a sick way, just because I am developing that trust again. 
Yeah, I'm it's huge. Throwing myself right back in the fire so that way I can create that freedom that I'm looking for. I so. love that. That's so good. That's so good. Now, are you doing that on your own or are you working with somebody? I, I have a coach that I work with. Um, I've been working with her on and off for a couple of years. She's just like this dope person, but like, <laughs> just like, she really knows how to, she's pretty laid back, but she also knows how to call me out my shit. Like, I like people like that. They're like, Casey, what's she doing? I don't really know. I, I don't, I'm sorry. Like, I'll fix that. <laughs> so, sorry, dad. <laughs> yeah, she does it so well. She's like, one time I was like on my period one week and she, and I was like, I'm sorry, the snackies attacked. And she's like, girl, you have a period every single fucking month. Handle your shit. And I'm like, okay. Gotcha. Wow. Thank you. Fair. That's what I needed. Wow. So, yeah. She's just that she knows how to read like she doesn't do that with all of her clients, but like she knows yeah. how to read me and she knows how to put me the best. Out. I think, I think that's a sign of a really good coach too. When they have yeah. the, uh, I don't know if you call it emotional acuity that to like, when to like lean in, when to pull out, like who yeah. they can do that with and who they can't, who needs that, who really doesn't need that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Um, so I've been coach. I've been, so my, both of my parents were coaches, um, when with baseball and softball, oh, um, wow. I've been coaching since I was like 16, it just different sports, um, mm -hmm. and, but no matter what, like, I guess, mask that you're wearing, whether it's sports or like nutrition coaching or anything like that, it, the basis of a coach is the same. Mm -hmm. And I always like to say the sign of a good coach is being able to help a, a certain type of person, um, to get to where they need to be. A great coach knows how to adapt themselves to help a wide range of sure. people to get them where they need to be. Yep. Being able to have that emotional intelligence to read somebody and know exactly what they need to do in order to get that person to where they need to be. That's like, that's a sign of a fan fucking test. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. I'm one of those, you hold on to them. Don't let them yeah. go because there's not enough out there. Right. No, I totally agree. Um, man, I love it. Man, I, this is so good. I could talk to you for like ever. Um, <laughs> So let, let's, let's, let's kind of wrap things up with this last part. I know like, and I love it by the way, like I love your, uh, like with your, like with your, your brand called like, uh, like, uh, like thriving on, but like, I know you have a community like called surviving to thriving, but I love the whole ideology behind that. Cause I feel like the reason I want to bring this up is because I feel like so many people are, they, they're, they're okay with surviving. Like it blows me away. Like I like to talk to strangers cause I'm one of those weird people. <laughs> and so many people I'll say, Hey, how's it going? And everyone's like, I'm surviving. I'm like, or that I'm, I had a guy say, I'm adequate. And I'm like, what kind of fucking answer is that? But I think so many people are like content with just surviving, mm -hmm. right? Like, which is disgusting to me. Like I I've always had issues in every level, like settling. I don't think anyone should ever settle in a, like a relationship or in like your happiness or in your what anything. I think in the world we live in, there's no reason to ever settle. Um, so for you, like, how do you, like, how do you do, how, how do you teach someone to go from like being okay with just surviving? And that's like their, uh, their watermark currently and get it their new watermark to like, no, we, my, I, I thriving is my bare minimum now. Yeah. Um, cool. That, that's, I think that that's not something that you can always teach. I think somebody definitely has to be in that position to want to do it. And not right. everyone is. I think that thriving on it, uh, attracts a certain type of person, um, that, is tired of just surviving and wants to thrive. I think sometimes people just don't even know that that's possible. Sure. Like, again, going into that self-limiting beliefs. And so by um, one of the ways that we do that is just like having people share their story because mm. it honestly just inspires people. Like yeah. for example, I have a client that um, had extremely eating uh, disordered eating patterns and eating disorders to the point where she had to go to a therapist because she was working with a coach that just was like, oh, I don't even Making know. it worse. Yes. Oh my gosh. 
And she completely not only changed her body, but her mind. And she told her story in a live training. And then all of a sudden we had like five to 10 people reaching out and being like, I never knew that was possible. Mm. Yes. Like it is possible. You can do that. You can want that for yourself. That's okay. Um, I think that society has done a really great job in terms of convincing us that mediocrity is okay. And that like in order to provide value, especially for females, like we are like, we are there to sacrifice ourselves for everybody, like for our kids, for our husband, for work, everything. Like apparently that's what we're supposed to do. When in actuality, it is okay to be a little bit selfish. It is okay to mm-hmm. want something for yourself. It's okay to mm-hmm. want to level up because that does literally affect every single Yeah, 100%. Person. And so um, just showing that that can happen and, and leading by example, I think that's the best way to help other people. So like, for example, if you um, are like listening to this podcast and you're one of Jared's clients or or anything like that, and you're like, this is fucking dope. I want other people to know about it. The best way to do that is just to shine like a light. Because mm. if you try to go and tell people about it, they're going to be like, screw you. I did not ask for your unsolicited advice. Yep. Um, so just shine like a light. And then when they're like, hey, dude, like, how'd you do it? Just be like, hey, this dope person, Jerry, taught me how to do it. Come sign up. They're going to be far more likely to do that. So I just yeah. tell people, just shine like a light. So we really encourage our own clients and the people in the Facebook group to share their stories. Yeah. Um Because, I, and I always point this out because they're always like, nobody wants to see that. Like nobody wants, and I'm like, when somebody shares their story, how do you feel about that? Do you feel judgmental? Do you hate them? Do you think that they should shut up? And they're like, no, it's fucking dope. I love it. Okay, great. What makes you any different? Like, I'm sorry to break this to you, but you're not that special. Like you're just like everybody else. Like you sharing your story can inspire other people just like you were inspired. So Mm go share it. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's how I would, I would just start with that. It's just like show people as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, shine like light in, in the rest will follow. Yeah, no, I love that. That's, I, that's such a good answer. I love that. I think the biggest piece is that I have so many people just don't even realize it's a possibility. And it's like, I think Dr. Joe Dispenza said it best when he said, you can't escape a jail. You don't know you're trapped in. Like, if you don't know something's a reality, like you can't even shoot for it. You can't even like be aware and look at life through that lens. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy, but well, this has been fucking dope. Before we go, tell everyone where they can find you and like your community and like all your stuff at. Yeah. So um, you can find me. I'm, I'm most active on Instagram. Um, you can find me at uh, the handle at thriving on and then the letters K C my initials. Um, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, the group name is surviving to thriving uh, nutrition, performance and fat loss secrets. So you can join in there, join the little community. I'm also on TikTok if you want to follow me there. Hey. I'm 60 followers right now. So let's fucking you, you know, go. Build that. Let's That's fucking awesome. go. Same handle as uh, Instagram. So it's thriving on Casey. Um, and then, yeah, just if you ever want to reach out, my email is Casey at thriving on.com. And again, just the letters K and a C. That's awesome. I love it. Awesome girl. Well, I appreciate this so much. It's helped a lot of people. And I know some of these things aren't fun to talk about, but I appreciate you. So thank you for doing this again. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on here. Of course. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. And we are back. Thank you guys so much once again for listening to today's episode of Dieting from the Inside Out. I really, really appreciate it. I know if you stuck around for the whole thing, you got a lot of value out of this and and really resonated with Casey's story. Definitely check out the links below where you can connect with Casey, see what she's about, join her community and things like that. But then also I have a bunch of stuff down there for you as well. Like if you're not quite sure where to get started, I have like a free fat loss master or I have a free fat loss checklist 
basically the, the the checklist you need to get started with your weight loss. I've got access to my free community where if you need some more community help and really need more trainings and need a home base where you know you can go to to get loved on and supported and get help, I'll leave that down there as well. But also if you're like, fuck, I need a coach. Uh, I really need help. I'll leave that link down there too. So if you need to apply for coaching to really take things to the next level, that'll be there as well. But otherwise, thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. Um, as always, be sure and subscribe wherever you're listening to because this podcast is available on YouTube now as well. But if you're listening to it on, on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, it doesn't matter. Be sure and subscribe, but also on the podcast platforms, go leave me a review. Like I'm telling you, this is how we get this podcast to more, to more ears is leave me a review about how impactful it's been. But then more importantly, every episode you listen to, sorry, my nose is really, really itchy. Every episode that you listen to, if it resonates, if it hits home, you have people in your circle, it would hit home too. And you are being selfish if you leave it all in your own head. I'm telling you, it's a game changer when your circle upgrades. So if this hit home with you, send it to just one person. Make that like a golden rule for yourself. If you're getting value out of this, send it to one person. That way they can change their life too. Because to be honest with you, you're one perspective shift away from your life never being the same. So imagine you being the catalyst that did that for someone in your circle. So otherwise, I love you guys. Thank you so much. I will talk to you next time.